Hello, my friends, and welcome to the latest episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where music makers talk about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris. I am your host and a music journalist, and I'm excited because this episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, the number one place to go for your Christian music reviews, interviews, and as I always say, they support indie artists, which I'm always a big fan of because some of our best music comes from indie artists. Today's episode is a really hope-filled one, which I think we need right now. I am bringing you my chat with Community Music. It is a Chicago-based worship expression of quite a big church, and it is led by worship pastors Evelyn and Lucas Cortazio. Now, I met these guys, and straight away, I liked them. They're super chill. They're so kind. They're so down-to-earth, and they've got a really cool story to tell. So I was approached to share community music with you because they recently just released a single with Meredith Andrews called Nothing He Can't Do. And I was like, cool, like Meredith, like what they're doing. Then I looked at Lucas and Evelyn's background and their story. They have penned songs like Make Room, which have been sung in churches across the globe. They're actually part of a church movement, a church planting movement, which is like more than 3,000 churches across the world, including Australia, which is news to me. And so they're part of something really big, but what makes them unique and what makes their story in this conversation so powerful is that they bring so much life experience and compassion to the table with everything they do. So both Lucas and Evelyn actually immigrated from Brazil to America when they were 12 individually with their families. They both moved to Boston, which is where they met. And then when they got married, they were offered a position in Chicago as worship pastors. So we have a really interesting conversation, not just about like how you create a worship culture in your team, like that goes beyond, you know, Sundays and songs and goes beyond just being like label Christian. But we had a conversation uh, about what it means to embrace diversity and inclusivity um, and not just expect everyone like and not be and not demand uniformity like what does it actually mean to be people who love others so well and love God so well that we create a church or just create community and friendships that values all these differences and so they talk about how their experience as Brazilian Americans um sort of creates that but they also have some amazing thoughts about you know integrity um honesty authenticity there is just a lot here and honestly it was hard just like pick one topic to give this uh podcast episode a label like creating worship culture there are so many gems here and i think you're really gonna like them so i hope you enjoy it a reminder for for people who have never listened before you're gonna have a short bio i'm gonna update you on what community music have accomplished and who they are and then we're gonna go straight into this really really hope-filled interview enjoy Meet Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio, the dynamite worship pastors and couple who lead community music in Chicago, Illinois. If you haven't heard of them before, you're welcome, because these people and this movement are a reminder that worship music is more than a genre and being evangelical isn't a political label. In other words, these are good folks who create good music for a good reason. 
Community music is a musical expression of Chicago Community Christian Church, a church expression spread over a mind-boggling 11 campuses. And get this, they are part of a global church planting network called New Thing, which has more than 3,000 congregations across the world. As the worship pastors of community music, Lucas and Evelyn have delivered songs like Make Room, which have become staples in churches across the globe, and their live worship videos have collectively received more than 250,000 views on YouTube. With the mission to create a worship culture in churches and communities that goes beyond Sunday services, the Katazagos bring their life experience and passion to the table to offer the church, and if I may say so, Christians who are tired of religion, a more diverse, creative and adaptable way of loving Jesus and people through music. At 12 years old, Evelyn and Lucas both moved to Boston from Brazil with their individual families. They met while serving at a Brazilian church and went on to get married and form the band Tales of Old. They also had three children. Going on to join the staff of Reunion Christian Church, a congregation planted by the New Thing Network, they actually helped plant a second location for the church. They were given the opportunity to serve on the worship team for Exponential Conference, the largest church planning conference in the world. This conference was led by Pastor Dave Ferguson, who leads Community Christian Church in Chicago. And after the Cortazios were given the invitation to come on staff in Chicago, they took it up and moved there. Starting community music as the worship musical expression of this church four years ago. Their passion for connecting every tribe and tongue to worship God is a driving force behind what they do. They exist to connect and power and create platforms for people across the world to engage with God. Community Music's newest song, Nothing He Can't Do, co-written and featuring Meredith Andrews, is a bold and faith-filled song where they declare hope over situations outside of our control, find the goodness of God in a year of uncertainty, and celebrate collaboration. This conversation gave me hope and healing for a divided church in a very chaotic year, and I really, really hope it gives you some hope and maybe even some laughter too. My friends, it is my privilege and my pleasure to introduce you to Lucas and Evelyn Cortazio of Community Music. So for people who are listening on audio, um, can you guys start by introducing yourselves separately and then together as community music? Well, I am Emily Cortazio. I am Lucas Cortazio. <laughs> and we are with community music. <laughs> oh, wait, is that it? Yeah, that was great. We suck. We suck. No, not at all. <laughs> we are such bros. Like we are. I like you guys already. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. Man. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. No, don't be, that was great. No, I, I just literally needed that. So can you tell me who or what is community music? Because I had never heard of you guys before, ashamedly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't, please. Um, no, community music is a, is a, uh, a music ministry. Um, here in Chicagoland, we're part of a, a community Christian church. We have 11 locations here in the Chicagoland. We're also part of um, a network of church planters uh, called New Thing, um, and that expands around close to 40 countries right now across the world. We're in Australia uh, as well, um, and about 3,100 churches are part of that network right now. And so community music's kind of like the... Uh, um, the music arm of this movement, really, at the end of the day. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. And you guys have both been worship leaders in your Chicago arm of it since 2013? Correct. 
So can you guys tell me what, this could be a question you take in any which way because it's so big, can you tell me what led you to actually be like worship pastors with your branch of community music to actually move to Chicago from Boston? Man, uh, well, that is a, uh, there's a long, that, that's a loaded question. Um, and if you don't mind, I would just go back a little bit and Please. say, like, I grew up in a family of musicians, never really wanted to do something with music, to be honest with you. Um, I was an, uh, I was an athlete. I played soccer. Um, and when I was about, you know, 14, 15, I tore my ACL on my left knee and then soccer kind of, uh, went away. I still played, but it, it was never... Uh, I, I couldn't really uh, um, continue down that that road. And then when I was, you know, seventeen, two years after that, I, I I walked into a church and I met Evelyn. She was worship leading on stage, uh, and and so that that became a huge draw for me uh, to start down that path again. Since my whole family, I mean, everybody in my family sings and plays. Uh, it's a part of the, 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 you know, part of our story. Uh, but then Evelyn was, was the person really that kind of showed me that way again. And, and I apprenticed under, under her, um, and in, in becoming a worship leader. And I just continue real quick. And then, um, we, we found this church in Boston called reunion Christian church, which is, um, connected through new thing to community Christian church here in Chicagoland. The pastor that planted that church was from community. God called him to plant a church in Boston, so he, so he did. And um, we started serving at that church, and then um, we we actually planted a, a second location for that church. I was the, the worship pastor, and that was a, 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 an amazing opportunity, which really opened our, our eyes and our hearts into this church planting movement that really kind of consumes us right now. The idea of multiplication, uh, you know, taking something and, and making one, two and, and four and, uh, and eight. And, uh, that, that really drives us right now in a lot of ways. And, um, and about seven years ago, we wanted to move to Nashville. I really wanted to move to Nashville with our band, but the Lord had something else for us. And, uh, long story short, you know, they, they invited us to come here to Chicago and, and we said, yes. <laughs> yeah! Wow. I I mean no not not I don't think so I don't know that there's anything to add to that. Um, Your journey? Well, my journey. Uh, I was not. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I really had to have. Um, so we are both originally from Brazil, and uh, we moved to Boston when we were really young. I was twelve. He was twelve, and then. Um, I through my journey is, is crazy of, of ups and downs in the church and uh, but I had family extended family that, that were uh, uh, believers and through that I started going but I really have I mean what what happened to me which is similar to you is I had someone right. have a conversation with me is uh, that's called like we call it here like I see in you conversation which is someone saw in me the potential they had heard me singing somewhere just 
you know, singing around, whatever. And and she was like, hey, I believe you can do this. And she really pushed and spoke in, in, into my life and encouraged me. And it took a while, but then I started kind of just, you know, uh, uh, singing background vocals. And then she saw that I, like, you have more, and, and, and that's kind of just leading and pastoring. And that was my journey. It took a little, it took a little while, but I was 21 at the time. And have been doing that ever since. And then yeah. I met Lucas a little bit after. Yeah. And I wanted to add too, up until we moved here, I feel like we were worship leaders. Uh, when we moved here, I think we became worship pastors. Um, and it was, it, and how I, I talk about that um, is this idea of, of building culture beyond the stage. Um, so up until we were here, I felt like, we, we weren't as intentional about doing that. And something happened when we moved to, to Chicago, even in songwriting, to be honest with you. Something clicked. Uh, and I, I personally felt for the first time that I was really called to do this. And then so it began, you know, the idea of creating culture uh, through through art, to, through art, uh, really began to, to consume me. Uh, and again, it's something that for us, because, you know, a worship pastor today, uh, has little to do with music, to be honest with you. <laughs> it has to, it has, you know, everything to do with creating culture, a worship culture. Um, you know, with our team starts there with our family here at home, uh, and then with your know, neighbors and, and, and friends and and all that stuff. It really, it really has to transcend for us. It has to transcend all of those barriers or or spheres that we've created. You know, uh, and it's now one like huge sphere of worship how do we pass your people into this reality you guys knowing that you are leaders and you you talk about building culture um which is awesome but also so ridiculously hard even like even when you've got the holy spirit helping you and like it's tough work um and something that i'm always so aware of with anybody in any leadership position is that you if you're you're not just carrying like your community and the vision that god's given you but you're also carrying your own personal life um, and your own personal relationship with God. And it's essential that you have yeah. both of those parts. Um, but how do you guys work through your own stuff and, like, your own up-and-down journey with the church or religion? Um, yeah. And, and so you actually come to your jobs, like your calling as ministers yeah. with 
a pure heart that's like lean towards loving <laughs> others when that's really hard sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I think I think you should speak into that. Um Well, you know, what I do, I fast every day from 6 a.m. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, really? How? <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, you nailed it. I think I think this this um, this idea that somehow we, we do have a job, like that we are paid to do this job. However, um, it, it can't it, it can't start and finish you know between eight and five or or between whatever it is that we do on Sundays the time uh it, it has to like I said before it has to uh transcend every sphere of life and it has to touch on everything so I think then you know you know thinking about it like that if, if we speak about worship in this holistic way and I, I really believe that's how we're supposed to talk about it and, and live it out then it becomes an every breath kind of thing and and so with that in mind I think uh, a huge part for me personally is is relationships. Um, you know, I, the people around us that you know God has really gifted to us, um, and really people are everything that we have at the end of the day in this world. I think people, uh, you know, outside of the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father, people. I mean, people are, you know, our talents, our you know, our our gifts. I think are people, and so um, and we've we've been so blessed to have people that have. Uh, called us out on our crap when we needed to be called out on people that uh, we can go to, you know, and, and ask for advice and, 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 and really be open and and, uh, and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm struggling with, with this and, and uh, whether it's a faith thing or whether it's a, a family thing, a marriage thing. Um, people really have been the biggest, again, outside of daily scripture, daily prayers, you're not doing I always have to preface it. If you're not doing those things, um, you know, um, it's it's really going to be hard to, to have that pure heart. Um, and I, I I always even say that my my my, my heart is not pure. <laughs> like it's it's a constant struggle, daily struggle to uh, to check yourself, to check your heart, uh, to really remind yourself who you are and uh, and who God is and who He says we are. And and that's such a battle battle of identity right now. I feel like uh, across the globe, really, the enemy is really you know uh, pushing us hard on that. Maybe more than ever before. Uh, but again, I'll go back to people. People have been have been outside of again daily scripture reading and prayer that we all need that time of of refreshment, a time of 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 uh, uh, nourishment. Um, people are everything for me today. So it starts with her. Uh, she's like the, the, the number one, you know, person in my life that will keep me in check. Um, and then, and then people around us, friends that have become family and, and family, uh, that have become friends, which yeah. is good. It's not always true. true. <laughs> you know? On every voice.
was a terrific answer. I I learned from it personally as well as it was just a great interview answer. Thank you. That was really, really good. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about your most recent collaboration um, with Meredith Andrews. Um, can you tell me about Nothing He Can't Do? Yes, I got it. Tell me about that song and collaborating with Meredith. Um, yeah, that was so, I mean, we love Meredith. Um, we, it, it, to us, I mean, I can say, speak even personally, like to me, it was actually crazy that we got to write with her. I mean, we've been singing her songs at church, we've been reading her songs at church. And, um, we met her in, in Nashville, and, and the cool thing is that, because, you know, when you go to write in Nashville, some, especially when you're writing with new people, you kind of just walk into a room and you meet each other. And you talk, you talk. I mean, there's there are different processes in every school, right? But the cool thing about her is that we met her the night before at a worship night that we had, like in our friend's house. So we got we got to worship together. We got to cry out to God together. Really, just experience that moment together. And we had our right the next day. Um, and so we got together, right? It was a really, really special right. Um, we spent a lot of time just going after the Holy Spirit, going after. What, what what was in God's heart and the other um, the other writer in the room was Andrew Burfield who was a dear friend of ours and produced yeah. uh, Nothing He Can Do as well and it was his birthday yeah. we got to pray over him for a while yeah, and just so really good. encourage him and the, that was really cool the process like we had something that we thought was a chorus because yeah. we, we like to bring to the core right? like we always like to bring ideas or you know bones like Lucas likes to say like the bones those words over your church and over the global mm. church right now like nothing he can't do <laughs> it's, it's like a crazy year so so yeah. um and actually I had a question here about like what is the role of worship music in prophetic and as you're uh, talking about that I just I yeah. just thought I'd ask you as as worshipers as worship pastors as yeah. members of a global church what yeah. does it actually mean to declare these truths over a church that is very divided right now and a lot is going on. Man. Um, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity. It starts with that. I think, I think we always have opportunities to use the prophetic voice. Uh, and I, I think the prophetic voice, I think often when we hear that word, um, we, we think of like futuristic, you know, almost like a fortune teller, you know, uh, and I think it can happen that way, but a, a lot of the prophetic voice in Scripture is actually reminding people of a truth that they've left behind, or at times warnings, right? If you don't do this, you know, this is the result. If you don't come back, this this will be the result. Uh, so I feel like this moment in history, 
for the church is such a such a, a gift. And again, obviously, there's people dying. There's uh, chaos. Uh, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of things that um, go beyond my understanding. To be honest with you, how how we're in this season of pandemic, global pandemic, uh, and it's affected everybody. However, uh, I think there's no better time than for us to be God's bride, uh, God's chosen people, to be light in, in, in the darkness than right now. I can't, I've, I'm 33 years old, I can't remember a time uh, that was just like so, uh, like without a shadow of a doubt in my head, this is a time that uh, we were called to be here today, to be light, to be love, to unify the church. Um, so I, I think it's it's almost like in two phases. Phase one is unifying the church. Phase two is then, because uh, the body, like you said, is so fragmented right now. It's so divided politically and, 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 and um, <laughs> whether we're talking about masks or whatever. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, everything <laughs> is so divided. It's so insane. Uh, but to, to to speak prophetically right now, and we, we've been talking about this passage for so long, but Jesus' only prayer that wasn't answered was a prayer of unification. Father, make them one. And right now, we have to rise up. So the prophetic speaks into that reality. The prophetic says, there's something here that isn't right. Here's a better way. He, he, and, and there's another song that we wrote, uh, Make Room, that, that just says his way is better. I mean, the, the prophetic voice needs to speak into every facet of our lives uh, and, and present something better, present a different solution, which is the Jesus way. So whether we're doing it through song like nothing he can't do, I think uh, over the last two years, no, two years that we wrote that song? No, we wrote it last year. So over the last year, it's it's become an anthem for our church. It was, it was actually funny because we wrote it just before we started a whole campaign here called Breakthrough. So to bless him, to ask for a breakthrough, is, is, is something amazing. We have a father that cares for us. We have a father that's there at every moment, uh, uh, not just you know getting us through the storm, but he's with us in the storm, in the pandemic. He's, he's with us. Uh, man, but um, to actually bless that father um, before we receive anything, is, and, and we say this too, this is the only time we get right. to do this. Right? In this side of heaven, we get to bless him before a breakthrough we won't get to do this anymore but right now we get to do this so for us we got to choose yeah. that man and, and and really what we find when we're singing those words uh and even in the 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 the, the, the song it kind of tells that story really the the, the the one breakthrough that we all need is him <laughs> so so to bless him is to actually say to bless you god before the breakthrough is just saying you're you're all that i need um, in you, I have, I lack nothing, like the psalmist says, I lack nothing. So uh, it's it's been a blessing for us to, to be able to write that song and then, you know, uh, lead that song at our, at our local church here. We've been able to, to lead it elsewhere as well. And um, just just to see it, it is a, a, a language that we've, we've given to our people that we really didn't, didn't have much of that language before. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like the prophetic... I think two things that have really stuck out to me. I mean, prophetic is just really about awakening who you were meant to be in the first place. Like when we're actually pointing to something that, like, it's pointing to what was supposed to be, you know. And in this, in this, in this sense, is we were created to worship. We 
created to worship. So it's kind of like a realignment and an awakening of who we are whenever we prophesy or speak something. But I think what I've seen too is, which is really, really special, and it, and it, and it just makes me, you know, puts me in more in awe of God, is all the songs that are coming out and have been birthed or have, were written months ago, out before all of this happened, are, it's just the kindness of God yeah. to remind us that He's with us. There's so much, there's so many things that you could not have anticipated, some language in the songs, not only yeah. the songs that we're writing, songs that the church is writing, yeah. you know, the global church, and, and it just and it just shows to me and, and, and to all of us just God's kindness and His fatherhood and His care for us in those things. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm putting these things in your heart, and you don't even know, but I'm going before you i'm going before you and i'm giving you language to sing over you know through your trials through your battles reminding you know yourselves of who you are and 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 who i made you to be and who i am like that i i am in control of this so just to see all the songs emerging and we hear the stories of these songs that are so prophetic for like a time such as this that were written months ago or a year or so ago and god is just really using them right now so it's just something to be grateful for at the same time you know It's amazing how I, a few, quite a few of the church fans that I've been talking to lately have written songs that are like, like you guys are so like this moment, but they were written a year or two ago. And it's just like, and and it's, but it's given us a language to actually work through this and process this and lean into God, even though we don't know what the heck's going on, which we need. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something, um, that was that I was really interested in was that you guys, I feel like from a perspective, sorry, from the perspective <laughs> of an Australian, um, you guys have a really unique, uh, a really unique place in America right now. In that you're Brazilian American and you've both lived there for the majority of your life, um, yeah. and, but you're also part of the evangelical church, however you want to term that. Um, yeah. 
which watching in Australia, that's all very political and how we watch that. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys how um, your, like your heritage growing up, your identity, your lifestyle, how that actually has further equipped you to lead a really a diverse church in so many ways. Yeah. Does that question make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Um, well, it's, I think it starts with, with the, we're not, we're actually not, so you talk about equipping or be feeling equipped to do something. I, it's, it's a paradox because we're, we're not equipped to do any of this stuff. <laughs> it begins with us being immigrants, you know, English, you know, it was a second language, not our first language. We still are fluent in, in Portuguese. It's become, it's become, I'm not going to lie, it's become our first language, but it wasn't. You know, it really wasn't. And I'll be honest with you, uh, this process of doing interviews has really awakened that in me. Um, and, and it's it, 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 it's shining a light on the fact that God is, his favor over our lives is really everything. Like we, we're not, we're, we're, our story says we're not supposed to be talking to you right now. <laughs> like we, should, we, should, we don't fit the mode. You know, we didn't go to school for this. I mean, we, it just, it doesn't make any sense outside of God's grace over our lives and his favor over our lives. But I think our heritage, I love the question, how we were brought, brought up. It's so very different than, than how most Americans are brought up. I mean, Brazilian, Brazilian culture is, is fervent. It's like, it's so warm and, and people are hugging all the time. Relationship. I mean, relationship is huge. Um, and so that really, uh, um, that really has, I think, has helped us in, in accomplishing the goals that we've set, you know, that we feel like the God has set in front of us. Uh, um, you know, a huge part of our ministry, like I said to you, is multiplication, but a, a huge part of multiplication is actually linking with people, right? It, it's, it's going beyond your walls and, and networking and, and, and um, bringing people in into your story, allowing yourself to be brought into their story, right? And as you can see, Brazilians talk with their hands, uh, or maybe you can't see. that. They can't see. But, man, I, I feel like we we were so blessed to have this story of leaving your land, going through struggles, adapting. So I think I think that's, that, that's a huge part of who, you, who we are today. We, we can adapt so quickly. And, and you, flexibility is so huge. And I think... Really, if you if you drew a line from when we first started, when we were born in Brazil, and all the changes that have happened until we're here in Chicago now, that's a that's a that's like a motif: change, 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 change. And I think the Lord has really uh, um, taught us to be flexible, taught us to be open, open-handed with things. You know, again, uh, being an immigrant is is, is is not an easy thing to do anywhere. Um, this this country has really embraced this, which is amazing. The church has really embraced this year, which is amazing. Inclusivity is that the In- word? Inclusivity, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that feels like a it's a huge part of how what we are and who we are and how we approach things. And I think that value is something that we brought from yeah. uh, from you know from our journey from yeah. actually being included like right. and being included and becoming a part of something yeah. and belonging to something that didn't feel like we belonged to at the time like it wasn't 
it was different. So I think that value is such a is so is so important for yeah. us because of where we came from and where we are now too. And ministry wise too, Brazilian people are very passionate. <laughs> very passionate <laughs> about everything. Uh, and I, I think that's something that um that we've been able to bring to the table as well. Like we're we're very passionate about the things that we're passionate about. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like I feel like we've 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 our scope is smaller now. We're it's more focused. Uh, but again, you talk about linking people together. You talk about creating, uh, you know, culture, worship culture, uh, songwriting. You know, uh, uh, raising the next generation. Those are things that we're deeply, deeply, deeply passionate about. And I, a, a lot of that that, that passion comes from our heritage. personal experience of coming into America and coming into the evangelical church or as as pastors like bring people into your team um obviously this is a very broad question but what does it look like um to help people embrace their unique giftings their unique identity their culture their backgrounds but still having them sort of carry the mission like the heartbeat of of a cultural expression because there's an element where it's it's easy to get to get gentrified and to become all the same to be included but the beauty of the church and the beauty of people is when we're able to somehow find a way to come together while we still celebrate our differences such a great question um and I, i'll be honest still learning. i think yeah really i think are. we're still struggling yeah, we're still struggling with it time, from time to time yeah wrestling with that um I do think I, I think something is happening around the globe right now in in what you just asked, and again it's that unifying. So because we we at times confuse uh, um, like unity uh, with sameness or or, or um, what's the other word I'm thinking of? Uh, it's unity versus um, you know again just looking the same, speaking the same, singing the same. Um, that's not what unity is. 
right? I think to, to answer your question, uh, to be united in a mission, which is, um, you know, for us, it, it's the Great Commission, right? Like that's that's what unifies us uh, outside of the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, the Father and the Son. Um I mean that's that's what that's the that's the story. We are unified through that. Everything else is an added bonus into what the church can look like. So if we're and I think practically what it looks like for us is again we're intentional uh, as much as we possibly can. Now we live. I'll be honest. We live in a very white neighborhood. I'm brown. My my wife is you know is white. Our kids are white. Uh, we we live in a again predominantly white. Uh, um, suburb of, of Chicago, very affluent. Um, so some of those, some of those things are actually kind of barriers, you know, in, in us trying to be intentional and, in, in you know, finding different people for the team and different uh, voices, different looks, like you have to be intentional about that kind of stuff because the pool to find, to hang with people that think like I do, look like I do, talk like I do is out there, you know, at every turn, you know, so you really have to go, against the grain uh to be able to, to do that and for us we were we were we learned a lot in boston boston is very diverse i uh you know that's where we grew up um so the city of boston is is, is very diverse um our church our church uh at reunion uh, had some diversity in it a lot, lot of young people people of color people of different backgrounds people of different people with different questions different doubts you know like geologically speaking and just spiritually speaking i mean that that was such a school for us to go through for you know seven eight years that we did in that church uh learning because i grew up a baptist kid um that wasn't allowed to question anything and, yeah. and so uh, faith, faith and doubt aren't at odds. I don't think. I think doubts a lot of a lot of the times doubt is the engine to yeah. to get to faith. Uh, you know, to get to a, a faith that is a living organism, not just something handed to me. You know, by my father or my mother or my pastor, but something that I've kind of put in here and I've allowed it to grow. And you know, with any any living organism, you're gonna have you know ups and downs. You're gonna have times of growth, times of you know, just, just being still and not really growing times that you feel like you're declining, but all of that is part of the journey. So anyway, uh, I think for us as leaders, you, we just have to be intentional. Uh, if we're not intentional about inclusivity, about, you know, uh, 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 finding people that think differently than we do. And I think we're missing the boat, but we're, I think we were honest in the very beginning. That's, that's still something that we struggle with. Even being two Brazilians, Brazilian Americans, uh, never really said it like that before, but Brazilian Americans, uh, you know, in Chicago today, it's still something that we have to be super, super overtly intentional about. And, and, be, and be authentic about, too, mm. because I think um, there is such a, a pull and such a, a, a thirst for, in the church, for diversity that, that can be really, that can be... Um, displayed in a very unauthentic way you know what i mean because you have it's kind of like tokenism in a way like yeah. hey look how diverse we are look at, you know and we don't want that's a that's a dishonor and we don't that's not our heart so it's and i i think it boils down to relationship and authenticity yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's a relationship with people getting to know their story their journey honoring their journey honoring their story and and 
while honoring our leadership and honoring the the makeup of our, what our church yeah. is, which yeah. is again predominantly white suburban church. Middle age. Middle age. You know what I mean? And but to be honest, I mean, six years ago, it looked so different than what it looks like yeah, now. It's and more I, diverse now. It's more, it, it is, and and God is doing His thing, and we are just being obedient and saying the the the, the little the small yeses that that present themselves, you know, the, to the to the opportunities that present themselves yeah. to us, and 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 trying to and we say this all the time to you, and that, that's the thing, the word that keeps coming back coming back to me is that we really feel called to be bridges um bridge builders and 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 bridges ourselves sometimes you know and um so as long as that is the heart like our heart like and we can keep that at the forefront of things i feel that god is going to continue to make a way and teach us throughout the process just to actually bring people together and like lucas said like linking people together and we've seen that in the past year or so where he's just brought people from so many different backgrounds and 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 even like denominations and yeah. and, and culture and all of that just to and we always always say yes to these people to the relationships and those things slowly become something else like these you know people will become leaders or yeah. worship leaders for in different churches in our new thing network and so but we're still we're still learning and yeah. we just we just want to say yes and honor whatever comes our way when it comes to that for sure yeah thank you for that thank you I've always wanted this podcast to be like that as well like a safe place for people on all random (laughs) come together um I love I love hearing your heart it's super encouraging for me as well personally as well as like sharing your story so thank you I just remember it's unity and uniformity a lot of times we want uniformity I think what the Lord wants for us is unity, which which is diverse, very diverse. questions are just questions say like someone who has come to your church and is visiting may ask you or they're questions I'm curious about and had nowhere else to put them because there's no context um so one what has been back in the day when we could actually attend live musical events what what has been like your favorite concert that you ever attended does this have to be Christian? Or no, no, it doesn't have to be Christian. Let's be honest here. No, please. Uh, <laughs> I feel, it feels weird to not say a Christian artist. But 
favorite. Yes, yes. That's an so, excellent answer. I don't know if you want to like take that out of the podcast and then I'll say, but even knows. This is the end of the CM. Yeah. <laughs> You're good to go, I promise. Her voice is just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. And she yeah. did more, like, I'll tell you, when she did, did that song live, she went even crazier than she goes on the recording. I'm like, that's when you know someone is legit, legit, legit. Like, she hit notes that I was like, I can't even. <laughs> oh my so God, that was, that was special. Fun. And then it was outside. So I think the experience was also amazing. Mm-hmm. We were like, out, it was outdoors on a summer night. So it was really, really awesome to be, you know, to, to hear all these songs and worship with all these songs that. I love it. I'm torn between two. And none of none of them are like Christian bands, worship bands. Um, Even better. <laughs> M- Mum- Mumford and Sons. We got to see them before they exploded, before the world oh, even, so uh, in a smaller venue. Yeah. And uh, YouTube uh, was, was, oh. was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that was just um, kind of like a dream come true. Yeah. Those guys. I, I think they're very spiritual. I think their their music. Um, I like so, that. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Paul did this. The, the Apostle Paul did this all the time. He he was really good at pointing truth that wasn't Jewish truth uh, or Judeo, you know, you know, Christian truth. It was it's just truth, and and um, yeah, I love I love trying to do that, especially within the arts. Yeah. Uh, so good. Excellent answers on all counts. Very good. Um, Thank you. <laughs> If you could go back uh, in time to when you were both 12 and you had just moved to America, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Oh my God. No pressure, sorry. <laughs> That's also acceptable. Um, I would say, I would say to myself Keeps us um, 
stuck in a place without trying new things or, or you know, um, so I would say that. was that I just loved meeting the Cortazios. They have the ability just to disarm you and make you feel like you're a friend straight away, which is so refreshing. It didn't feel like a journalistic interview. It felt like you were chatting with friends and that's really special. So thank you guys. You can get Community Music's latest single, Nothing He Can't Do, featuring Meredith Andrews now on all your music platforms. The links are in our show notes. You can also connect with Community Music on social media. Just look up. Are you ready for this? You might want a pen. Get it down. C-M-M-N-T-Y-M-S-C. And it's like community music, but abbreviated. Yeah. So you'll find that in the show notes as well. And we have that on our social media. So you can connect with them directly as well to make it easier. If you would directly like to tell Evelyn and Lucas how rad they are, you can do that because they both have individual Instagrams. So Lucas Cortazio is at Lucas Cortazio. Cortazio, FYI, is C-O-R-T-A-Z-I-O. And I'm fully aware I'm saying that with an Australian accent. So it's probably not with the full zeal it's meant to have, but I'm trying. So that is at Lucas Cortazio. And you can also connect with Evelyn. She is at E-V Cortazio. Again, those links are in the show notes and in our social medias. So go and connect with them. Tell them how much you loved hearing a story. It was also Lucas's birthday the other day. And there's some really cute pictures of them celebrating that. And during a pandemic, we need to celebrate things. So go and say happy birthday. It's a good thing to do. That wraps up this episode. But I do want to give you guys a reminder. If you want extra bonus content every week, you can get more. Just head to our Patreon. Go to betweenyouandmepod.com. Hit that Patreon button and you can see what we have available. We have everything from behind the scenes content to exclusive graphics to an exclusive podcast that I host for you called When Hope Speaks, where I tell you about my journey with depression and spirituality. We have so much. You may even find videos on there of some of your favorite interviews. So definitely check it out. If you love this episode, if you love what we do, can you please go to Apple Podcasts, go to your podcast provider and hit subscribe so you get the next episode as soon as it drops. And we would also love a review. We will happily take that. It means that these interviews and these people reach a greater audience, which we love just because I really feel like this is bringing more healing and reconciliation in what has been a really brutal year and what is continuing to be somewhat of a divisive year with a pandemic um, and with politics and all sorts of things so we would love you to share this if you resonate with that and feel like you're part of the between you and me family my name is jess morris here's to hope you're a man of your work, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. this is what it says all things are possible when we